Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit PresenceOC.org. What's up, guys? I guess you're going to be closer. Thanks. Isn't Jesse awesome? Uh, Also, Wednesdays uh, for young adults. So, what's a young adult? I've got no clue. Anywhere from 18 to 45, 50, 60, 70, I don't know. Define it for yourself. Young adults, um, if you feel youthful, it doesn't matter. Uh, It's adults. In um, the office on Wednesday night, we just started. Last week, we kind of had a meeting chit-chatting about it. But the meeting turned into like 15 or so people just crowding in there. So we might end up outside. That's okay. Um, that's on Wednesday. Thursday, also at Mike and Sue's house, they have fellowship, and it's awesome. So I think it's on the website. Yeah, website? Okay. Father, we just thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, God. Wow. Thank you for that worship time, Jesus. Lord, we just love you so, 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 so much. Father, we thank you that we get to come together. And we get to meet inside in air conditioning. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your presence. Lord, we thank you that you're smiling upon us. We thank you that you're walking in the room. We just just go ahead and uh, set your eyes. Where's Jesus right now in the room? Where is he at? Where is he at? Just take note. What's he doing? What's he doing? What's he saying? What does he look like? And Father, I just pray that you'd release whatever you're doing, whatever you're saying. I pray you'd release it over us today, in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen, 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 amen. So today, guys, I'm going to talk a little bit about prayer. I'm really excited about it because I don't think prayer is a boring activity. I think prayer is an encounter where we get to hang out with Jesus. I think it's actually the key, the key to thriving as a human You can know the fullness of the gospel, that he opened jail cell doors, but if you never come into the Holy of Holies and hang out with him, you're not not walking into the very thing that he died to give you, which is reconciliation relationship. This is amazing. If you could thrive in a desert, in a deserted place, if you could thrive by going into a deserted place with Jesus and hanging out in that, you're going to thrive whenever there's a desert in your life. Yeah, whenever there's emptiness and there's nothing there, you're going to be thriving. If you can thrive in solitude with Jesus, you're going to thrive when you feel lonely. Yeah, it's true. If you could thrive in solitude, you're going to thrive when you feel lonely. Um, before I get too much into it, I do want to say, you know, I just feel prophetically like we're coming into a season where more and more people are going to start coming to church. I know we're doing two services so we could spread it out more. And yet it just feels like we do two services, more people have been coming. Um, but I just, I just feel like, I feel like more and more people are going to be coming into fellowship. And yesterday I was, I officiated a funeral, uh, yesterday and I was talking to a pastor and the pastor was saying, you know, um, that they're still doing online services. They haven't even met at all. And I'm thinking, wow, we've been meeting for like four or five months. Like ever since we've been allowed to, you know, we had to go outside for a few months. 
but ever since we've been allowed to, we've been meeting together. So it's actually really, really normal for us as a culture that we're feeling comfortable around each other. We see each other every week. We, we feel fine. But yet there's people that are still like isolated in the Christian realm. And I feel like when they come to church, it's a shocker. It's not a shocker for us because we've been doing it for months, but I just feel like it's a shocker. Um, and I just, I don't know, I'm saying that because I feel like as a family, we can be aware of these people when they come. And, and I love that we do the sticker thing. I love that we do all these things. And, and I think, you know, just being aware of it is a good step to being Christ-like and loving them and helping them, not being like too strong on them. Give me a hug, but just like recognizing, hey, people are still in some funky zones when they're coming and they're feeling all these weird feelings. And, um, and you've, we've been trained in our minds. Some people have been trained in their minds for now, what is it, seven months or so, seven months of being isolated. There's some people who have been the whole time. Think about the training on your brain. Like almost a whole year out of your life, you've been being mentally trained to like isolate. And so coming into community can feel very, very strange. And I'm sure some of us felt that when we first started coming back to church. Um, some of us. Uh, and some of us have just been flowing free community the whole time. So I wanted to say that I felt prophetically like I, I just sense that more and more people are going to start coming and keep our love on, and we can be a great light to all of them where they feel comfortable, where they feel safe, where they feel loved, where they feel honored, no matter if they feel like, man, I, I got to have my orange happy face sticker on for myself or for my family or for whatever reasons, or mask on or whatever, that we all feel like we're on the same page together in love. Amen. Amen. Um, wow. All right, guys. My favorite part of worship was... Uh, was when Jesse came up and he's like, he's like, uh, he's like, listen, Buddha's not God, you know? He's, and he's like, he's like, Muhammad's not going to do it. And then G- Jimmy starts worshiping. He's like, yeah. every other God's an idol. You know, oh, I just love that part. Dude. Uh, like none of that was planned. I was like, that was, that was some Holy Spirit moment. Oh, that made me so, so, so happy. Oh. I'm going to start by telling you guys a dream that I had, and then, and then we're going to get into talking about prayer. Um, in my dream, is that like normal? I'm like, I, I feel like here it's been normal. I've been getting dreams and then saying the dreams. Um, I had this dream, and I'm going to tell you the dream. Ready for this? I, I walked up to this fireplace, and in the dream, the fireplace was really small. Next thing you know, the fireplace shifted and changed. It became a giant doorway, giant doorway to walk through. I go, in the dream, I go, I go, oh, we got to move this thing. I'm like way too, too active. I go, whoa, the, the, the fireplace changed. And I'm looking at it, I'm like, wow. And, and next thing you know, I see a plaque next to it, next to the door. There's a plaque and it's an award to God from God for fixing the problem. <laughs> and and in the dream, I started laughing. And I'm like, that's funny, you know? Like, I was like, there was a problem. The fireplace was too small. Now it's gotten huge, and it's become a doorway. And there was a plaque, to God, from God, for fixing the problem. So I go, I go that's hilarious. So in the dream, I look at the door, I look in the walkway, and I just walk right through this fireplace. I come into this room. It's a big open room, and I'm standing in the room. Next thing you know, Jesus is standing right in front of me. And I go, OMG. And I... I fall on my face. He's shining white, glowing white, just bright light white, just shining. And in my dream, I'm thinking, whoa, I'm like seeing Jesus right now. And I'm thinking, I've had thoughts about Jesus. I've encountered Jesus. 
I've had visions of Jesus. I'm thinking this in the dream. And then in the dream, I go, oh, I'm like literally looking at Jesus right now. That's what I'm thinking. So I'm laying on the floor. He walks up. He has a conversation with the guy next to me. I'm going to skip that part. And, and I'm like, this is crazy. So I get up. And you know what he said? I come around him, and there's, there's a handful of us, and we're standing there. And he says to me, he says, to me and to everybody else there, this group of people, he huddles, he huddles us around him like a football game, you know, like, oh, come in. And he starts talking to us. He says, go out there and tell people to come in here and see me. And in the dream, he disappeared right there like, poof, right? But I was still in the room. And in the dream, I laughed again because I knew he was still there. I knew he was still there. And I knew he wanted to appear to people when they came in. I knew he wanted to like, just be like, appear to people. But he wanted to start off as invisible. And in the dream, he went, but I knew he was still there. And I started laughing. And then we went out to tell people to go in there. Um, And so that's the start of my preach today is this idea of Jesus. I love it. When we sang the song today, it was, he's opened up jail cell doors. Yeah. And a lot of us are in jail cell doors. Why? We're in a jail because of a word called sin. Yeah. Adam and Eve, they ate of a tree called the knowledge of good and evil. Knowledge of good and evil. In other words, that's called a law. The knowledge of good and evil, it's a law. So what happens is you get a conscience law and you, when you sin, you get guilt, shame, condemnation. You get a curse for falling short and you're just in a cycle, a cycle, falling, sinning. Oh, I feel horrible. Jesus help me. You know, there's, a, there's this life cycle. Yeah. So there's a jail cell and the jail cell is built around something that's good, but it's because we're sinning, right? Jesus in the cross comes. He who knew no sin became sin that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And he came and he kicks down the jail cell doors of our life. We were enemies of God in our mind. Yeah. And he's come and he's kicked the jail cell door open so that we might have reconciliation with him. The Bible says that the gospel will go forth in Isaiah and it says that we will preach the gospel. And what is it? The jail cell doors are open. The opening of jail cell doors to those who are bound is what the Bible says. Yeah. So there's been an opening for us, but an opening for us to do what? To come into relationship with him. And we know that when Jesus died on a cross, what happened? Actually, it was actually really, really wild. Physically, it actually went dark. If you read the story, it went dark. There was a giant earthquake when Jesus died on a cross, a giant one. And like, the soldier who was at his feet said, OMG. He said, this is the son of God. In other words, that, that's a pretty big deal for a Roman to say that because they would call the emperor, they would call Caesar uh, the son of God for them because they would think that he was a deity in flesh, right? So for, for them to say that, what he's saying is, this is God incarnate. Yeah? So this giant earthquake, it goes dark. And in the temple, we all know this story. In the temple, there's a giant earthquake, but it goes all the way back to Jerusalem. Right into the temple, there was a 30-foot tall veil, we know, a really thick veil that separated the Holy of Holies from the holy place. We know the story. It ripped from top to bottom the moment Jesus dies, a giant sign for the Jews that he has opened up a way for us to come into the Holy of Holies. Yeah? Before that, we all know this, I hope. They would, they would wear these belts that had jingles on it, bells on it. You guys know this? This is really fun. They had these 
bells on it. And then they would actually tie a rope to the back of the priest. And then the priest would go in there once a year. Ding, 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 you know, chicka ding. And then he'd do his stuff. But if that bell stopped ringing, they'd pull him out because that guy was dead. Because he didn't wash himself clean enough. Isn't that crazy? That's some wild stuff. Uh, but this veil is torn so that God, number one, we can go in and he can come out. He wants to come into us. The temple of God. Jesus has come to cleanse our temple. And he wants relationship with us. Right? We can go into theology. We can go deep in theology and recognize that the cross of Jesus means something for each of us. We can recognize that he offers forgiveness for every single one of us. And we can begin to taste and see that the Lord is good. And we can, we can, we can and mentally, knowledge-wise, we can understand that he's done something supernatural for us by dying and resurrecting. Right? But there's actual practical things we can do in life that engage that reality. Like if you just said, oh, I'm a Christian, I've said a prayer, and I know that he died for me, but that's it, then we're not living in what he died for. Do we understand? Come on. This is real simple. So, okay, the disciples come to Jesus and they say, they say, they say, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. Like John taught his disciples to pray. And I find this really interesting. So they say, teach us to pray. How to pray is the question. How do we pray? And for humans, what we often think about is what do we pray? What do I need to say to God? What's, what, and when we think about praying to God, we're, ta- we're thinking about what we need to say. But the first two things that Jesus answers isn't what to say. It's when and to who. Okay, so he says, when you pray. First and foremost, you got to actually pray. And he starts off the whole thing with our father. Before the what is the who. And I want us to focus on these two things for just a little bit before we even begin to even talk about what. Okay? The when is like the 99% of your prayer life. Okay? You, you can want to pray. You can say, I need to spend time with you, Jesus. But until you actually go away to a deserted place and you spend some time with him, it's just, it, you just got to do it. The Bible says to pray unceasingly, but before you can come into a life of a continual thing, you got to understand that there's these solitude moments with Christ. Do we know we imitate Jesus and Jesus did this all the time? I'm going to find a Bible verse to prove it here. Look at this Bible verse, guys. Look at this. This is Luke 5, 15 to 16. The report went around concerning Jesus all the more and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. So he himself often withdrew into the wilderness to pray. Guys, you guys catching what I'm saying right here? I want to say this. It's not when you feel like junk that that's the calling to a prayer life. He's so blessed. (laughs) He's so blessed in his ministry that multitudes are coming around. Your business Super thriving billionaires want to pour their money into your company. You know what I'm saying? Like this is multitudes coming to him. Heal me, heal me, heal me. You're a car shop dealer guy. Everybody wants to buy a car from you. Everybody, everybody. Donald Trump's coming to buy a car from you. Everybody, everybody's coming to Jesus. It's in, it's in extreme blessing and overflow of his ministry. And what does it say? It says, everybody's coming. He says, therefore, he often withdrew withdrew himself to pray. Isn't that interesting? It's in the midst of blessing that he's actually pressing into rest. Yeah. 
He's pressing into rest. His pursuit was not the ministry. His pursuit is rest and intimacy with the Father. And it's in that, that blessing is done in a thriving way. Okay? And if you can thrive, again, if you can thrive in that rest, in that place, then when it does get tough, you're going to have what it takes to get through it. Jesus did have tough times. He's a man acquainted with grief. A man acquainted with sorrow. (laughs) How did he get through it? Praying. Praying. But it didn't start in Gethsemane. It didn't start when he's sweating blood on his forehead. That's not when his prayer life started. It's not when intimacy with the Father started. So he was teaching us something. We, we're, the, we're the media generation that the world has never had what we have. We have so much entertainment, it's crazy. The human mind is fascinating. We're meant to literally meditate. We're meant to think about stuff. We're meant to set our minds on things, right? And we can have such an easy access to things that just take us away. But, but let us not forget that the most important thing to be caught away in is setting your mind on heavenly things. Is to behold the one who made you. Yeah. Uh, I'm so excited. To behold him. We're transformed in two ways. I actually said this at presence maybe a month and a half ago. We're transformed in two ways. Through the renewing of our mind And the second way that we're transformed in the Bible, it says we're transformed, is through beholding him. You can know what he did for you on the cross. That's one way you're transformed. But the other way is through beholding him. We're transformed into his image from glory to glory, an ever-increasing glory as we behold him. This is amazing. As we behold him. How do we behold him? Just begin to think about him. The truth says that you've been seated with Christ in heavenly places. Just begin to think about it. Begin to think about him. The Bible says, I'll never leave you or forsake you. That he's walking with us. Begin to think about him right here. Just do it right now. Where is he at? He's here in the room. He's here right now. Right now. Why is that holy imagination? It's holy because it's based off truth. Set your mind on these things. There's life and peace. You begin to see him. You begin to recognize, God, you're with me. This is a place of prayer. We understand what I'm saying? Before the what to pray is who are we talking to? We're talking to a really awesome guy. The maker of heaven and earth. The father. The father of everything. Our father. Who art in heaven. Yes? The disciples... Let's go. We're going to look at another passage here. This is the disciples. This is in Mark 6. We did this on on, uh, last week at the young adult thing. We meditated on this passage together. It was really fun. And then people were like getting like parts of it that were like highlighted to them. It was cool. The apostles gathered to Jesus and told him all things, what they had done and what they had taught. This This is after Jesus sends out the 12 and they go out and they do ministry. Okay, so he takes the 12 and he says, go out there and go do this ministry. Powers them. They're flowing in power. They're oozing power. They're oozing anointing. They're like, bam, you know, people are just getting smacked with Jesus. Like they're just getting touched by the Holy Spirit. 
right? Read the Bible. It's crazy. It's pretty much how it goes down. They're oozing with power. They come and they tell him, it says, they tell him everything that they did and everything that they taught. And it says, and he said to them, come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. For there were many coming and going and they did not even have time to eat. So they departed to a deserted place by the boat, in the boat by themselves. In the midst of their ministry, they're coming back hyped. They're so hyped, they're forgetting to eat. They're so hyped. They're forgetting to eat. It's not, they're not forgetting to eat because they're in a famine. They're forgetting to eat because they're actually thriving so much. They're running in the blessing so hard (laughs) that they're not realizing, oh yeah, Jesus, I haven't even eaten. Dude, you got to hear what I said to this people, man. Jesus, I got to do this. I lay him, boom, man, it was crazy. We pray for these people, this sickness, dropsy, leprosy. Man, this guy was lame. This guy was a paralytic. This guy had this. This guy had this. Oh my gosh, Jesus, it was wild. He looks at him and says, let's let's go be alone and get some rest. (laughs) It's in the midst of their thriving that he actually positions them and calls them into rest. I'm not telling you, church, to rest because you're all just broken little people. I'm telling you to rest because you're anointed and you're powerful and God is upon you and he's your strength and he's going to do mighty, mighty things through you. And it's in the midst of this, whatever how we feel, we've got to press into rest. You have to press into it. Jesus did it. He called his disciples into it. It was a daily habit of Christ to do this. And the more and more it got wild, the more and more the Bible says he went and he would withdraw and he'd be alone and he'd spend time with the father. God's calling us to do that too. He really is. I don't know what that place looks like for you. Maybe it's your shower. Maybe it's the bath, the holy bathroom, man. That ah, bathroom's gonna be the best. <laughs> Some people are nature people out there. Um, I've tried to do nature stuff, but I'm just like, I don't know. I'm in too many birds. I get lost. Um, I'm more of like, go in your room and shut the door behind you. You know what I'm saying? I'm kind of one of those kind of people. Shut the door and hide in your room and spend some time. But where, where, is, that, where is that secret place for you? Where is the secret place for you? Before the what is the who, and before you get to any of that is the when, you got to spend some time. So how easy is that? This is like elementary school. If you want to pray, you got to pray. Yeah. And here's, a, here's another word. Don't be a hypocrite. Jesus says, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. They think they're heard for their many words and they're yabba dabba doing too, too much in, in a bad way, in a bad way. Because they're thinking, their mind is, I'm going to say all this stuff. And, and the more I say, the more anointed I am, the more holy I am and how awesome am I. Jesus says, Don't be a hypocrite when you pray. In other words, when you pray, when, when you do the when, take off the mask. Be very real because he sees you. (laughs) Start there. Just when you pray. And it starts with the when, not the what, the when. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. Take off your mask. Be really, really real. God, this is how I feel. 
This is where I'm at. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Begin to thank him, but begin to be very real. Don't pretend around him because he's not going to be fooled. Right? This is not just some spiritual practice for the sake of doing a spiritual practice. That's why it's not Buddhist. It's not Buddha. It's not, it's not some spiritual practice for the sake of a spiritual practice. This is a real person gazing at you. And we get to come into this relationship with him because of Jesus, because of the cross, right? And we get to press, press, say press. Press into rest. I'm going to read one more passage. Here we go. You guys like the Bible? Well, that's good because I got more. Here's Hebrews 4 says, let us be diligent, diligent to enter that rest. Wow. Seeing that we have a great high priest who's passed through the heavens, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast our confession for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace and help in time of need. This is amazing. Let us be diligent to enter the rest of God. The striving labor to become good enough is over because the good one died for you. Yes? He knew no sin, became sin, that you might become something. Irregardless of however you feel, you've become something in faith in him. Okay? But it doesn't stop there. Who gets to ascend the hill of the Lord? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. He's washed you, not just so you could say, I'm holy. He's washed you so you could ascend the hill. Why did he descend? So that he might cause you to ascend. Not so that you can still remain in this place and God's out there, he's some God, he's way far. No, God in the heavenlies became a man and tabernacled, that's a big word, dwelt, made his home, his resting place, his tent among us. Among us. Why? Because he wants you to dwell with him. He didn't just send another message and shout from the heavenlies. He took on flesh. Yeah. He engaged us in the flesh so that we can engage him in the spirit. Yay. God who is spirit engaged us in the flesh that we might be able to engage him in the spirit. I love the gospel. This is us being able to come in. Yeah. I just pray that there's just like this, this drive, this deep drive in your hearts, in our hearts, that draws us to say, I've got to spend some time with the living God. Some of us have tried praying and we got really bored because you tried to do certain things. You tried to say certain things. You focused on petition, intercession, um, uh, what other big words do we got? Um, is it supplication. Uh, um, is it, uh, come on. Yeah, whatever. We got so many big words. We got so many, so many, so many. They're just like, ah, oh, there's so many. 
It doesn't start with those words. Those words actually come out naturally out of you when you begin with the when and with the who. And they're really going to come out. Because the moment you go, hey, Father, wow. Next thing you know, yeah, God, I am going through this. Oh, there you go. Now you have supplication. It's asking God to supply your needs. Help me, God. I'm going through this. That's supplication. And then when you begin to pray for someone else, that's called intercession. Come on. By the way, both of those are petitioning him. (laughs) You're asking him to do things for you. But these things come out naturally. Listen, if we do a whole sermon on petition and supplication and it's just how to say what to say, then it's just now we've gotten more into rituals and forms again. Right? That's not my main drive here. Jesus, it's funny because he teaches them how to pray. He gets into it, but he starts a unique way. When he teaches them on how to pray, if you actually read through all the things he says, he says, don't be a hypocrite. Actually do it in your alone time. Don't just do it to be seen by people. Like be really real. Uh, Talk to the father. And then he goes to this, our father. And then he actually gets into it. And I think this is the second stage. Once we begin to do this, it's our father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Y'all know this? Everybody should be able to pray this. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who've sinned against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. There's spiritual warfare. There's part of prayer too. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Okay. <laughs> This is, you've got supplication, you've got intercession, you've got, you got forgiveness, penance, and you have spiritual warfare, and you have it circled in this place of being with him and who he is. You have this radical revelation of amen, because at the end it says, for yours is the kingdom, yours is the power, yours, 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 you're, yeah, you reign. He's good. God's above everything everything, everything. So we start with the realization of the gospel. We start with Jesus, you opened a jail cell door. We start with Jesus, you tore the veil. We start with Jesus, you made a way. We start with Jesus, you're the door. We start with your blood is enough. We start with you've given us the spirit. And then it's his spirit leads us. His spirit leads us, where? Into the holy of holies. Come on, we're Christians. This is like the most awesome stuff we get to do. Man, I've spoken in Chinese to people. I don't speak Chinese. I've spoken in Arabic to Muslims. I don't speak Arabic. Encountering Jesus is more crazy I've stood outside skate parks. A guy, he was from like Norway. He was so blind, his glasses were like this thick and made his eyeballs ginormous. Took off his glasses. We pray for him. He tries to read the sign. He's like, I can't read it. The, the kids all around in the skate parks were preaching Jesus to him. Start laughing. I said, it's okay. We'll just keep praying. Pray for him again. He looks at you can't see it. They all start laughing. I said, it's okay. We don't make miracles happen. We just pray. We pray a third time. The kid starts reading the thing. Every jaw drops. God starts moving on them. There was one kid, he was missing a bone in his heel. We prayed for him. He felt bone grow. I have this on video. Bone grow in his foot. He had a, a chronic walking problem. 
<laughs> and we're preaching Jesus, and he felt a bone grow in his foot, and it fixed the walking problem. Isn't that crazy? I'll tell you what's crazier encountering Jesus. Reconciliation. There'll be many that will say in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, done many miracles in your name, cast out demons in your names. That's the Ike's one. <laughs> say, I never knew you. You got to know him. Encountering him, reconciliation. This is what it's all about. It's not the ministry of touch and power. It's the ministry of reconciliation. Is that a big, big word? Someone's like, reconciliation. What is that? Reconciliation, two parties coming together. Two parties who were at war coming together, becoming one. This is the ministry. This is the ministry. And it's in that ministry. Pick up your kids. Am I, am I going past? Hey, Pastor Jesse kept blessing me. He's like, Mikey, you go. All right, I'm going to have to end. We have a second service. We can go this all over again. Um, oh, okay. Power, all these things, we get to do them because we're his children. And he wants to do these things. He actually shows his signs and wonders for people to come to know him. He loves us. But what he's calling us into is intimacy. So my prayer for you, I'm going to pray for you right now as we end. Father, I just thank you. I pray, God, that you would release, that you would unleash, that you would open a window in heaven and that you would pour out an anointing to pursue you in the secret place. God, not just for us individually, but for us corporately. Father God, that we would be people who diligently pursue rest. Rest. Because if you're finished work, Jesus that we would pursue rest with you. God, and that out of that, our ministries, our lives, our work for you, all those things would be blessed, God, that our pursuit wouldn't be the work, but our pursuit would be the person. And then it'd be from that place that people would be drawn to us, that ministry, our work, and the things that we put our hands to would prosper, Lord. And I just thank you for those moments, whether they're two minutes, whether it's one minute, whether it's five minutes. I just pray that you would lead us into that place to see you. And if you're invisible in that moment, I thank you for holy thoughts. Thoughts that just begin to contemplate the reality that you're here with us and to spend time with you, God, and to talk to you. You're so good. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit our website at presenceoc.org to find out more about Presence Church.